This is the Aranavpit podcast. Welcome to the Odd and Offbeat Podcast, hosted by myself, Mr. Matthew Baker, and the ever-venturesome Louis Fox. That's right. I go on lots of adventures. <laughs> Actually, I just got back from Reno not too long ago. I don't know if that's an adventure or like a giant mistake. But... <laughs> it's a little bit of both. <laughs> a little bit of both. I was out there at a conference. Uh-huh. So it was a trade show for performers where people yeah. book us. Yeah. And we essentially, just... they have them in the cheapest towns they can find convention oh, yeah, centers. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. So we all go out to the circus circus one night. Mm-hmm. But we decided to make it sound more exciting. We're going to have circus circus prom. Okay. So we all got dressed up in our finest clothes we just happened to have with us. Uh-huh. So a lot of, uh, we all went to Goodwill <laughs> earlier in the day. It's Reno chic. Yes. It's Reno prom. <laughs> we all go out to the circus circus. After we're done with working, uh, and Circus Circus closes down at like 8 p.m. Because it's a family-friendly casino. But even the bars are closed. Yeah. In Vegas, kids drink till midnight. They do. <laughs> oh, on the way to Reno, on the flight down, before we get to Circus Circus, mm. I'm on the plane with my agent, and this girl sitting in front of her opens a water bottle, like a you know a personal water bottle, uh, not like the plastic one, a reusable yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, And the air pressure difference makes water shoot up over her shoulder and just douse oh, really? my agent. Yeah. Is that a real thing? Yeah. The air pressure causes it to do a Bellagio fountain <laughs> over her head onto yeah. your agent? Yeah. Wow. So we go to Circus Circus. I go to the bathroom, and I'm walking to the bathroom, and I see the girl. Uh-huh. And I'm like, you were on a flight. You so... And she's Did like, she open the bottle and <laughs> spray it out and sprayed you in the face? She's like, I'm actually a clown at Circus Circus. <laughs> so, see, it doesn't close down at 8. It's 8.15. <laughs> Look at I'm still working. So she's a, a bartender from Alaska, and one of her bar patrons... Took her on a trip. What? Yeah, it gets super weird at this point. This is what she's telling you in the bathroom? No, outside the bathroom. Okay, I was like, first of all, why are you both in the bathroom? I'm very progressive. (laughs) Uh, So the dude ditches the girl and comes to the bar with me and buys us all like rounds of shots. Wait, okay, hold on. Patrons in Alaska. She works at a bar in Alaska. One guy comes into the bar and says, hey, would you like to go on vacation? She's like, sure, where are we going to go? Portugal, maybe Spain? He's like... No, Circus Circus in Reno. That's pretty much, I think, how it played out. she's like, okay. Yep. And then they fly down there together. She sprays your agent. Who knows why? Yep. And then at some point, he ditches her to come hang out with you. Correct. And buys you drinks. Yeah. Okay. That's normal. And then at some point, my agent's like, we got to ditch this dude. Why is he? getting super creepy. Was he? In what way? Like, getting into people's personal spaces a little too much for someone we don't know. He's like, if you play your cards right, I might take you to Tahoe. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) If you play your cards right, I'll take you to Bramson. (laughs) Have you ever been to Sparks? (laughs) (laughs) This bartender's hot. I'm going to take her to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. (laughs) Go on some Dollywood rides. (laughs) So we ditch him, and we end up at some local bar uh, that's haunted. Oh, my God. You and your haunted shit. So the, the bouncer, we tip him five bucks. He takes us to the basement. He's like, this is where I add up the receipts at night, and a bottle fell off the shelf once. Oh. 
Oh, scary. Yeah, and this is a big, big dude, right? And a bottle fell off the shelf once. Is his, That's why it's haunted. Yeah, I think if I tipped him 20 bucks, we would have gotten a better story. Once the lights went out in my house. <laughs> in haunted! The, in the middle of a thunderstorm. It haunted! <laughs> the criteria for hauntedness is very low. <laughs> yeah, it's Reno. <laughs> so we go back upstairs, and we're, we're having drinks, and the bartender starts like juggling poi mm-hmm. she ha- and then she starts doing magic tricks uh-huh do you know how freaking annoying having someone do magic tricks for you is yeah i know tell uh- me about it i sit in this basement often <laughs> with multiple magicians and watch it happen and i just just sad yeah just no sad. it made me like you know what only during the show now <laughs> I don't need a four. And she wasn't that bad, too. That's the uh, thing. Is it wasn't like bad. I love how she's chicks. doing your art form and you were offended at it. <laughs> yes. And right? I, You're like, this is. I feel bad for the people that have to yeah, see this. I wasn't like, this is garbage. I was like, uh, this is not the time or place to be doing magic tricks. <laughs> so it was a good trip. It was a fantastic trip. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot. There was hauntings. There was. Some magic tricks. There was some magic <laughs> tricks. Also hauntings. <laughs> That's what I think haunt the the bar is so low for hauntings. Like you'll go down to the basement and be like, a man once did a magic trick down here. <laughs> Scary, get me out of here. Get me out of here. <laughs> All right, let's get to the stories. Let's man. do it. get to some weird news. This story comes from sciencealert.com. That's a new source more reliable than a wall designed by engineers without borders. <sighs> so these <laughs> engineers don't like walls? <laughs> they don't have borders. <laughs> okay. All right. So... That's in your name. No borders. <laughs> They're building walls. So this story is pretty interesting. It's on all the news, regular news cycles. So the story goes, scientists recreate the voice of a 3,000-year-old Egyptian priest's mummy. That's right. And you always said, mummy! So the Egyptian priest didn't own a mummy. It's not his pet mummy. (laughs) Well, hang on. He is the mummy. Is it? Yeah. It's very unclear. Scientists recreate the voice of a 3,000-year-old Egyptian priest's mummy. That's the possessive with the S. Yeah, it's true. It's science alert. <laughs> science alert. A proper. We need, a, we need to... Uh, there needs to be a comma or a colon in we there. We need to cross-reference goodenglish.com. <laughs> He's like, I'm a scientist, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> not, not an English major. <laughs> so, While you were busy learning your colons, I was out here digging up mummies. Some scientists go into the colons. <laughs> Some go and create vocal tracks. (laughs) If the dead could talk, they'd probably have a lot to say. Still, it's pretty darn tough when you can only make one sound and you've lost your tongue. uh, We're going to play the sound a little bit, but to prepare you, it's pretty much what any frat house sounds like at 3 a.m. on Friday. (laughs) It sounds like any frat boy waking up in the morning after a (laughs) frat party. Under these it sounds like my anything I ask my teenage daughter. <laughs> it sounds like a baby cow crying. That's actually the best one. <laughs> Under it's, it just had its first breath of life. <laughs> Under these unforgiving conditions, the three thousand year old Egyptian mummy, Nesumen, should be forgiven for merely for merely grumbling out in a Alright, so I'm gonna play you what it sounds like. <laughs> 
Not the piano. Not the piano. <laughs> and he was a badass pianist. <laughs> Uh, so that is the sound that they recreated, and they did it after several millennium of not making a peep. That was the sound scientists heard when they 3D printed the mummy's vocal tract, an elongated groan somewhere between the vowels of bed and bad. <laughs> so they 3D printed the vocal tract, so I'm curious if it's flexible, or is it just like, that was his dying noise? I think that was the dying noise. That was the last position the vocal tract was in, was... Eh, it's like yeah, the it, same it, Stephen Hawking's <laughs> dying vocal. Eh. This is goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hell for that. I'm sorry. Uh, I would have loved if it was like, find my killer. Yeah. Avenge my dad. <laughs> Avenge my dad. <laughs> He's like, clear my internet history. <laughs> He certainly can't speak at the moment. David Howard, a speech scientist at the University of London, admitted to the New York Times. I like that it takes a speech scientist to be like, he's not talking right now. (laughs) He admitted it. Yeah. For (laughs) this whole time, he was making people believe that this mummy was out there doing press interviews, making, (laughs) releasing songs on MySpace. (laughs) Finally, Gloria Allred in court gets him to break down. But I think it's perfectly plausible to suggest that one day it will be possible to produce words that are as close as we can make them to what he could have sounded like. I feel like there's a lot of artistic license. Unless you start scanning people who are live's vocal cords, recording them, and then doing this 20 years later when they're dead. Well, it is 3,000 years. It's a different language. There's obviously different, you know words and different ways that people speak i mean yeah. it's sort of that'd be hard to emulate but now i in the future going forward i would imagine it would be pretty easy to do maybe how howard's done this sort of thing before but only on the vocal tracks of living people see okay in his experience however he says this one vowel sound is very realistic going from that to speech is obviously a huge step but the process has at least been kickstarted. That means it was funded on Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. Like, I would throw five bucks to get the uh, mummy uh, song. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, and so besides the one version of that I played of the mummy um, voice, every other one, we had to dig to find the mummy voice as just the mummy voice. <laughs> and even then, there's a little piano in it. Oh, yeah. It's either the piano following the mummy voice or this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact, techno music comes from Egypt. (laughs) Uh, So in 2016, using a CT scanner, scientists were able to recreate the voice of Otzi, the Iceman mummy, and his vowel sounds are much more gravelly than Nesumans. And uh, we can, uh, we'll play this. This is... (laughs) (laughs) They only do recreated voices. All right, so... This is uh, what they did in 2016. This is Otzi's actual vowel sounds that they uh, recreated. And which, you know what, this makes me laugh because it's hilarious that this guy specializes in recreating sounds that these dead people might have done. It's like, why would you dedicate your science to that? It's like, why not climate control, world hunger, you know, he's giving dedi- voices to people who are currently yeah. alive. It's like he's dedicated his life to making people sound like hooked on phonics, right? <laughs> like my old speaking read. <laughs> like a dying robot. <laughs> Save me. 
You will die. Don't unplug me. This time, researchers used a similar method to create Nesyamin's vocal track all the way from the mummy's lips to the larynx. Connecting a loudspeaker to a computer, the team made a sort of artificial larynx using the computer to generate a sound for the vocal track. This basically sounds like they made they just guessed. Yeah. The single vowel result isn't enough to synthesize a running speech, the author explains in their paper. To do that, they would need more knowledge of the specific vocal track articulations and the phonetics and timing of this ancient priest's language. So I think it was easier for the Iceman because he was they thought him. They, like he's not he wasn't dehydrated. Oh, gotcha. So you could do so. You, his his vo- his larynx was more intact. Was more intact, and he had a tongue. And he had a tongue. Yeah, that was the big one. Perha- that's what it says. Perhaps a tongue could help. Also, while the mummy's vocal tract was in remarkable condition after several millennia, the bulk of this particular muscle was missing. Yeah, giving him a tongue that's reasonable. Then we could move the whole of the vocal tract around using knowledge of speech production. Howard told CNN, "This is Howard's big moment." Yeah, right. He's like, "This is my Super Bowl." I've dedicated my life, 40 years of my life to get <laughs> So, So how would you summarize your career, your 40 years in, in archaeo speech therapy? I essentially made a mummy sound like a British, a British drunk guy at the bar. Eh, mate. <laughs> It's feasible, although we can't do it easily at the moment. In ancient culture, it was believed that to speak the name of the dead is to make them live again. The outside of the mummy's coffin reads Nesaman, true of voice. You know what the kick in the butt would be if he was mute in real life? Yeah, right? and He really couldn't talk. <laughs> That's why his hands are all <laughs> like disfigured. From, from signing all day? Maybe when, don't close it, I'm still alive! <laughs> don't close it! I, I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> Maybe one day his smooth voice can read that inscription out loud. The study was published in Scientific Reports. So, uh, what do you think about this? I like I like that someone's you know using. I feel like this is science art. Yes, like it doesn't teach. I mean, it doesn't teach us much about the mummy. Yes, and that he was like meh. But I like that someone's their art is giving voices to mummies. I guess. Yeah. I I'm I wonder what their I mean, hope the practical application will be in the future. Like yeah. what knowledge they're trying to gain by I think this. of ancient speech patterns and like you you could recreate how people like how um for a linguist, someone who studies language. Yeah. You know how how language has changed in 3000 years. I mean, you would have to at getting eh from one mummy, you would have to study probably thousands of mummies just to get a sentence, right? Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like if they had more more ice mummies, you, gotcha. you could get a lot yeah, further yeah, yeah, yeah. than this. Yeah, that guy sounds pretty good. I like that guy, but the eh is a little, I like the the you know Eastern European techno <laughs> breakdown. They're like, how do we make this palatable? <laughs> so, I love that just eh can inspire a techno craze. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's really fascinating. I wish this guy uh, devoted his mind in time to something a little bit more applicable yeah maybe it's a despair because he did it in 2016 so or, or no i'm sorry he did it recently the other guy was 2016 yeah the ice man was 2016 but like what did you do in 2016 i don't know man. there you go i mean i have mummies i have mummies in my house i i don't know what they sound like <laughs> you have mummies in your house you're not giving a voice to <laughs> we're giving these people 
Finally, they've gone so long without a voice. <laughs> You're giving They're the finally voice. being heard. He's the, the head of the mummy lobby. Yeah, right? We'll post, and you can make it your ringtone if you like. <laughs> That's going to be your ringtone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I like it. Yep. And now, it's time for Strange Stories from the Time Capsule with Dr. Henry. With all the history we have behind us, it can be hard to keep track of everything, which is why it seems super disorienting to think that the University of Oxford, which opened its doors to students in 1096, is actually older than the Aztec Empire, which began in 1427, by hundreds of years. News Part 2. This story comes from the ever-popular news source of foxnews.com. That's a news source more reliable than watching a production of Cats. You can't... Have you ever seen Cats? No. It's horrible. Why do people watch it then if it's so bad? I think it was one of those things that has just been around so long. That people just assume it's good? Yeah. Huh. It's like Vegemite. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Ohio family gets 55,000 duplicate letters from student loan company. Dang, dude, they're getting serious. I know, right? And they're Ohio- like, I didn't get your first notice. I didn't get your second. The 55,000 and one? All right, I'll write you the check. <laughs> you would think at some point they'd be like, oh, maybe we have the wrong address. <laughs> An Ohio man is pondering what to do with the 55,000 duplicate statements addressed to his home by a student loan company. That's crazy. So 55,000, basically, in, in trees, they mailed him six trees. Oh, six full trees. Yeah, if, you, if it's one sheet of paper in the statement and the envelope. Okay, interesting. Is six, six to seven trees. And sometimes there's dolphin mixed in in there. Yeah, huh. <laughs> no, it's, you've got the dolphin-safe trees. <laughs> Dan Kane said he was suspicious when a postal worker in Twinsburg, Ohio, told him recently that his mail wouldn't fit through the front door of the post office. That is crazy. Yeah. Like, I'd be like, yeah, no, I'm refusing that. There's nothing unexpected. Maybe that- he had a, something gone viral on youtube and he got a bunch of fan mail or something right <laughs> yeah they would text you they wouldn't uh you know like oh i forgot i got drunk and ordered that fridge on amazon to my p.o box <laughs> when kane drove his truck around to the back of the building he found a postal worker wheeling out two large bins of letters w-o-i-o tv reported but that's just the tip of the iceberg yes it is it turned out that there was a total of 79 bins of the letters and it took kane two trips to deliver them to the garage of his his family's home in the city roughly 25 miles southeast of Cleveland. I like that, like, this Dan Kane guy, he's like, you know what? After the first trip in the pickup full of letters, I'm going to go back and take the second one. Yeah, I mean, that is very responsible. Usually when I get letters that I don't want, I either tear them up or give them away in my show as prizes. Yeah, true. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to put them in my garage right next to the medical loan bills and all of my warrants for my arrest. <laughs> all my parking tickets. <laughs> he takes people on a tour of the garage. There's my parking tickets. <laughs> There's my home loans that I don't pay off. <laughs> this garage is actually made by my my student loan letters. So at 55,000 of these, 
Let's say it cost them 50 cents a letter. Mm. The student loan company squandered $27,500. And that's on the low end. Right. Just to send them these letters. Just to send them these letters. Now, if he refused them and they got sent back, it cost the student loan company, they have to pay to get them returned. Gotcha. So the smart move would have just refused that second bin. For him. Yeah. Because then the bill for the student loan company ends up being double. Gotcha. So that's like your little stick it back to the student loan company. Yeah, well, it says officials from College Avenue Student Loans said in an email Monday that it apologized for the error in its mailing system and was putting corrective measures in place to prevent it from happening in the future. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're working on it. We're working on it. It might happen two or three times in the meantime, but... Yeah. No one noticed that this name was on the exact same address 55,000 times. (laughs) We were working with Dan directly on a remedy including picking up the mail from him if possible and a statement credit for the inconvenience how about paying off his loans (laughs) (laughs) they should credit him at least $27,000 for not refusing it yeah I wonder how much his loans are I just hope it doesn't happen again Kane said I might just have to return to sender yeah but then he has to spend three years of his life writing return to sender I know yeah that's kind of like a maybe this guy does he probably didn't graduate college. You know, you know why he picked up all of the bins? Yeah. Because it was his birthday, and he's got a $20 bill and a, ca- and a card from Nana. <laughs> somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. I would love it if he majored in mail sorting, <laughs> and this was like his final project. <laughs> the duplicate statements were for a loan Kane and his wife had taken out for college tuition, Kane said. He also indicated that the statement was wrong and believed the company used the wrong interest rate to calculate the payment. And the company's like, did you check all of the statements to make sure? <laughs> Actually, towards the end, we got it correct after a while. Yeah. College Avenue Student Loans said in an email Monday that there wasn't an error in the calculation. Of the number of letters. Yeah, the rate matches what was disclosed when the loan was originated. Staley said, adding they were also working with Kane to resolve his questions regarding the interest rates. <laughs> yes. So what do we think about this? So the College Ave Student Loans has a great rating on like lendeducation.com slash blog slash College Ave Student Services sponsored by College Ave That's where I go services. for all my college loaning needs. They do well on Value Penguin. I mean, so it sounds like a legit company. It's not like, you know, it's the money lending place at the end of the street doing this. Yeah. They're single-handedly keeping the post service alive. I know, I know. I would have loved to see the security cam at the back dock of the post office when the guy wheels out two little trays like, here you go. Oh, no, there's more. I love it if like it feel like Oprah should come out and be like, and you win a prize, and you win a student loan, you win a student loan. We give you, we have fifty five thousand student loan collector letters for everybody. I know it doesn't mention like how long the loan is, how much it is, anything like that. Well, or he knows the- it's incorrect though. Yeah, that's what Kane is saying. I would say that too. Oh yeah. If you mess this up, you definitely messed up my eight hundred thousand dollars that I owe, <laughs> I owe for the forty years of college I didn't go to. Exactly. <laughs> 
Uh, this is sort of a silly story, and it's he seems like a nice guy to take it all the way to his house, which yeah. is outside of Cleveland. Ruin, ruin the suspension on his truck. Yeah, right? Like that. I would have just like dumped it in a dumpster. You know? I would have just not picked it up. Yeah, set it on fire and say, that's what I feel about your student loans. <laughs> I can't imagine like the sorting people. So this is, I have a bulk mail permit. Uh-huh. And I don't really use it anymore, but it's like 100 bucks a year to maintain it. So I do. But like the sorting process, when whoever dropped this off, some machine was like, boop, boop, boop. You're sending 55,000 letters yeah. to the same address uh-huh. because you get discounts for that. Yeah. That's so, more letters than Santa Claus gets. Yeah. 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 And <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think it's uh, it's pretty silly, and we hope this guy gets his student debt clear because, I mean, I think that's the only reasonable... For the amount of trees these people killed, the least they can do is wipe out his debt. Yes. We hope this gets sorted. <laughs> we hope this gets sorted out. <laughs> yeah, I like it. That's it for today, folks. Want to thank you so much for your time, your contribution to being a listener of this podcast. Where can the fine people see the Louis Fox show this week? This week, you can check me out at the Mount Baker Community Club in Seattle on Saturday the 15th. I'll be doing a show. I think it's at 1030 in the morning. Okay. So if you're not hungover, go on out. See some magic. Or if you are hungover and the kids are annoying you, come out, bring the kids, let them watch a show, sit in the back. I think they sell beer. Let Louie haunt your kids with his magic. <laughs> there is a bar around the corner that's Great Mar- <laughs> or Bloody Mary's. If you come, Louie will take you out after the show and buy you a drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'll put you in touch with the bar patron in Alaska and maybe they'll take you out to, uh, <laughs> to Reno. You know, New Jer- Atlantic City or something. <laughs> now, where can they catch the Matt Baker comedy stunt show? I am going to be cruising on the Disney magic and we are going out of Miami. I think we're headed to Nassau, Disney's private island, all things Disney, folks. So if you like Disney, you like my show, book it because it's going to sell out fast. <laughs> it's- Packed up. <laughs> I'll be there from the 11th to the 18th. So come on out, and if you want, it would be fun to hang out. Yeah, and I will buy. I will buy you a drink if you buy a cruise oh. to come see the show. I will definitely buy you a drink. Did you buy me a drink when I was on your Absolutely. cruise? Absolutely, so many. <laughs> Did you? So many. All right, it was ridiculous. <laughs> You're like, I'm working at a deficit this week. <laughs> so, folks, we want to thank you so much for listening. If you can. Subscribe, give us a review on iTunes, tell one of your friends, maybe share one of these off of our Facebook page. It does help out quite a bit. We want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a weird week. We are out. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Odd and Offbeats podcast.